Imagine being a good Baptist girl growing up in the church and realizing that you're different. And then realizing that being different means that you're gay, and yet you're a Christian. We'll be talking with Cheryl Allison, an actress and still a Baptist, about her experience coming up on Good God. Stay with us. Welcome to Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. I'm the host, George Mason, and I'm delighted to welcome to the program today, Cheryl, Cheryl Allison, who is my dear friend right. and church mate, I should say, as yes. a matter of fact. And that itself is one of the beautiful things I want us to talk about. But I think I uh, should start out at least by saying that Cheryl is an actress and a director and a producer, and she's lived all over the country, New York and LA, and back in Dallas now, yes. which is a real treat for us. Us, Cheryl, uh, that you're back home yes. uh, in a way, and uh, we want to talk all about that. Uh, but uh, but maybe we should start, in fact, with uh, what uh, what brought you back to Dallas and what brought you back to Wilshire Baptist Church because you grew up in Wilshire Baptist I Church. I did. I yes. did. I joined Wilshire in 1977. Yes. At the age of 11. So wow. now we know how old I am. And that but. would be 12 <laughs> years before I got there as pastor. Yes, yes. So. Um, our pastor was Bruce McKeever. Right. So my family joined uh, then, and I was a member until 1990. Okay. When I moved, after okay. I graduated okay. with my master's, Very moved good. to New York. And your mom and dad stayed in the church, Brian and Cynthia, yes. and were our dear friends until they retired and moved to Denton and, and all of that. But uh, uh, but then you came back to Dallas yes. with your wife, Natalie. I did. And uh, that was a product of um, both a desire, I guess, to be back in Dallas, but mm -hmm. also the, the possibility of you coming back and being whole because of the marriage equality decision. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I had moved to New York and lived there for over right. 10 years right. and then and met Natalie yes. in New York. Right. And we had a commitment ceremony there yes. at Rutgers Presbyterian Church. Right. Of course, there was no uh, legal um, you know, uh, rights mm -hmm. to that. It was really um, in the eyes of God yes. for me. Mm -hmm. And then after many years there, we moved to Los Angeles because mm -hmm. of a job promotion for mm -hmm. Natalie. After being there about 10 years, Natalie was uh, starting to look to retire, mm -hmm. and we were thinking about it, and we didn't want to stay in LA for right. retirement and, and had no desire to go back to New York. And very close to my family, of course, her mm -hmm. family's in Florida, and right. we thought, Dallas is a great central location. Mm -hmm. I can still get to New York for a lot of my work. Mm -hmm. So um, emotionally, it was an incredible decision mm -hmm. because I have incredible relatives in Houston and my family is here, like you mentioned. So that was all good. Um, as far as being a gay couple and coming back to Texas, it was very difficult. Sure because uh, we had domestic partner rights. Um, marriage equality was just starting in mm -hmm. the different states. Yes. And so, although we had um, state rights through California as domestic partners, Texas didn't offer anything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, you know, it's very difficult to think about moving back to a state, which is my home mm -hmm. state, mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like home. Well, and when you, when you land in Texas, 
you move from being recognized in one state mm -hmm. as being married with all the rights that uh, accrue to such a public covenant, and then in Texas, you have to carry your papers around all the time just to oh, exactly. sort of prove that in so if something went wrong that you, you would be honored in yes. some way. Every time we uh, were in a state that, well, let me back up. We had domestic partner rights mm -hmm. in California, yes. um, but we still had all our paperwork, um, mm -hmm. healthcare proxies, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So when we would come to Dallas, we would have those with us because mm -hmm. if we were on I-45 South, heading to Houston to visit my grandmother, right. and you know we had a, an accident or something, we had to have that paperwork or I would not have been considered her next of kin yes. or even been able to uh, visit her right. in the hospital. Right. And I think um, a lot of people don't understand that aspect of right. it. Right. So, Which uh, is why the marriage equality decision by the Supreme Court was so important to you and to so exactly. many because it, it took away that state decision, state by state decision mm -hmm. and gave you the confidence that anywhere you could go you would be recognized yes. in, in an equal way. Mm -hmm. And we had a hard decision um, to, to possibly make because since uh, marriage equality was going on the state level, mm -hmm. um, it was legal in California, but it became legal after we had already moved to Texas, right. and then New York passed it. Mm -hmm. And so because we had had our commitment ceremony in New York, Natalie and I flew back there, mm -hmm. and we were legally married mm -hmm. in the state of New York by our same pastor nice. who had, who had uh, performed our commitment ceremony. Yes. What was really bittersweet about that is uh, our our legal marriage was recognized in, at the time, I think it was 13 states. Right. But when we would get on the plane to fly back to Texas, mm -hmm. we were unrecognized. Right. So it's a very hard thing to get off the plane at LaGuardia and be married and recognized mm -hmm. and get off the plane at DFW and right. not be. So when the Supreme Court was taking on the case to decide if they would now say, it has to be federal. Mm -hmm. All states must recognize mm -hmm. gay marriage. Um, we thought if it does not pass, if it doesn't go in our favor, can we stay living in a state mm -hmm. that we don't have rights? Right. And uh, you know, we talked to my parents about it and mm -hmm. said, depending on how this goes, mm -hmm. on June 26th, you know, mm -hmm. we will then decide we would probably have moved maybe back to California or New York. Yeah. So I'm so grateful on many levels. Well, we are too, because <laughs> you and Natalie have come to our church yes. and been such a delightful presence, um, great um, partners in ministry and enthusiastic, and we're so <laughs> grateful for that in so many ways. But growing up uh, in the Baptist church, mm -hmm. uh, tell us what it was like for you to come to a growing awareness of uh, your sexual orientation and how you wrestled with that in a Baptist church that was maybe not fundamentalist, but didn't necessarily uh, at that time uh, address the issue or support yes. it in, in such a way as we do today. Uh, talk about what that was yeah. like for you. Um, well, life-changing. Um, Wilshire was a huge, part of my life growing up. I'm, like I mm -hmm. said, I was 11. Mm -hmm. So uh, many of my you know, dear lifelong friends, mm -hmm. I made at Wilshire. Mm -hmm. I was incredibly involved from softball right. to youth choir, right. you know, starring in the musicals, you know, helped, helped uh, you know, right. prompt my career. Well, 
Um, yeah, just, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think most people may not realize how many people in the entertainment industry uh -huh. grew up in churches that either singing in the choir or doing oh, yes. church musicals, this became their vocational uh, entry point, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It was a huge influence right. and, and, and in a lot of ways gave me training Yes, because I had the opportunity to sing on right. Sundays and sing in the right. choir and also to see other incredible artists. Right. I mean, Cynthia Clausen right. walks on water yes. to me. Sure. So I was five years old when I met her because right. my father's a former Baptist minister yes. of music. Right, right. So she had come to our church in Victoria, Texas and made a huge influence. So um, the church was absolutely my family. Um, I, you know, I think around junior high, when you start to go through puberty, mm -hmm. yeah. I started to feel different. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't put a, wor a label around it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't define it mm -hmm. because especially back then, there were no examples. There was no Ellen, right, you know, right, right. Um, people like that mm -hmm. uh, to sort of be a, um, you know, a, a change maker for us. Yes. So I, I knew that I felt a little different. I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. I knew certain things about the church bothered me. Mm -hmm. I remember I was very affected when we had first joined Wilshire and I idolized our youth minister mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. and he became engaged to a wonderful woman in the church mm -hmm. who happened to be divorced. Mm -hmm. And he was asked to leave the church. Really? Oh, this is a that. story I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And I even I yeah. even asked my mother about it because I was like, I am recalling this correctly, right? Yeah. And I am. And that shows how far yes. the church has come. But I remember being, you know, uh, in, in you know, grade school going, this isn't right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I don't understand this and so when I began to feel different um, I had a lot of fear yeah. because I had seen that and I thought well mm -hmm. I could be asked to leave and I didn't quite understand yet why but I knew mm -hmm. um, something felt okay. different uh, and uh, I was apart but separate yes. so then in high school when things started to become clearer in, mm -hmm. in early college um, you know, I, I was going to school up in Denton, mm -hmm. so I wasn't coming, you know, back to Dallas right. regularly. And I, I ended up coming out to my parents. Uh, and it was uh, a growth process mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, um, they're incredible people. Uh, they they had gay uh, friends mm -hmm. in their life and mm -hmm. people that had been in my father's youth choir and things like that. Yes. When he was, but when it's your own child, mm -hmm. I think uh, it's, it's much more of a journey for them. Right. So a lot of communication, a lot of conversation, um, and they're incredibly accept, accepting and, and loving and supportive. But I um, then started to back away from the church. Sure, Because sure. I knew that, um, I thought they love me because they don't know me. Ah. Uh, you know, right, uh, right. that's how I felt. And then I moved to New York, so I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about my relationship with Wilshire then. Sure, so, so that was, our church, mm -hmm. but in a sense, it was the church the because church. it's the only church you really knew or had experienced very much yes. of. And if our church was not the, a safe place for you, it's probably hard to trust another church as yes, well. Exactly. 
I think many gay people go through this as they're young and they're trying to figure out not only their relationship to the church, but then also their relationship to God mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. did, you, uh, did, did you struggle not only with the church, but with God about your sexuality? Interestingly enough, I did not. Okay. I had this innate sense that God was on my side. Interesting. I never, I never went through self-hatred okay. that some uh, members of the LGBTQ yes. community go through, especially, right. I think, in the South and mm -hmm. Christian mm -hmm. gays. Will, right. They don't want to be gay. Right. They, and so they go through a little bit of that. I never did. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was my makeup. Maybe, you know, because I was so bent on getting to New York and um, yeah. very strong in that aspect to have a career there um i just knew god was on my side that he loved me so i had my own spirituality my own relationship with with christ uh on my own yes and then ended up about five years after being in new york finding uh, Rutgers presbyterian right. on the upper west side and they were one of the very first uh they call it more light churches in the presbyterian yes church. right i remember that and I walked in and it felt, uh, you know, it, it, it was a different denomination. Sure. So it was a little different there, mm -hmm. but I walked in and I was a part of them. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time uh, I had felt that. And so I started to blend that relationship right. back again. What did it feel like to come back to, to Wilshire and feel a part again after having been gone for so long and wondering if you would be welcome with yeah. your whole self? Well, um, well, now I'll see I'll get emotional, but um, I, I don't think you can put words on it because I visited Dallas, you know, mm -hmm. numerous times, obviously, you know, mm -hmm. several times a year when I lived right. away. And when mom and dad were still in Dallas, you know, we would go for Christmas Eve service mm -hmm. uh, at Wilshire or Easter or whatever occasion mm -hmm. I was home for. Um, and I, you know, I had resentment, yeah, and I even sort of fought my parents about it, and I challenged them, how can you go to a church that would not accept me or not right. marry me? Or, and right. I kind of put them in a rough situation, which probably wasn't fair, mm -hmm. um, but I was struggling so much about that. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I came back um, and then found out uh, the road you led, the church down in 2016, mom told me about it and I was so incredibly happy, but I still found myself just a little bit sure. like, you know, okay, because uh, there was more hurt there than I think I realized with the church, not God. Okay, so let's, let's pick that up after the break and want to promote a, a, a local nonprofit uh, that is dear to you, uh, but I'd like, I'd like us to be able to do some more of this conversation mm -hmm. in that direction because I think it's so helpful to people who are wrestling with just the same kinds of things. Yes. So thank you, Cheryl. Good God salutes the vital services provided to our community by the North Texas Food Bank. Each day, the North Texas Food Bank Feeding Network provides access to more than 190,000 meals for hungry children, seniors, and families. Visit ntfb.org to get involved. We're back with Cheryl Allison. And Cheryl, you were just talking about your experience of coming back to our church as an adult with your wife, Natalie, now. Yes. And how um, at first it was, as ex though it was exciting, it was also still difficult because you had to wrestle with some of the 
old disappointments and bitterness mm -hmm. that had made it hard for you through the years. Uh, I'm sure that's true of so many LGBTQ folk who wrestle with their relationship to church. Uh, keep talking us through that a little bit because it's not just about the question of, of, of how uh, gay Christians feel, but also those who wrestle with how can we be welcoming and, uh, and, 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 and how to, to um, help their churches become a, a more open place. So uh, you, you were talking about getting past that bitterness. Yes, yes. So uh, Natalie and I did visit mm -hmm. Wilshire, and um, it was surreal for me. You know, I so many memories in the hallways and in that sanctuary, and I pictured myself up there singing. And um, But I, I felt immediately uh, a different energy oh. in the church. Hmm. Um, the people that remembered me came up and, and gave me a hug and, and I immediately said, this is my wife Natalie. Right. Because um, I have never not been sure. out or right. denied who I am. And um, it, the hugging and the, the embracing mm -hmm. uh, and the, the non-issue <laughs> of right, it was, right. uh, you know, slightly overwhelming right. at the beginning, um, but it was healing. Good. And, um, you know, and it, one person told me, uh, welcome home. Yes. We are a better home now. Wow. And that's what they told me the day that Natalie and I joined the church and I rejoined. Um, and I think that that's, that's what's true. I think for me and, and maybe many, um, LGBTQ uh, community that is looking for a church, we want to find a church that um, it doesn't say you are welcome here because um, we we love uh, we we hate the sin but love the sinner. <laughs> right, right. Do you know that old right. saying? Sure. And listen, you are welcome here because God loves all. Right. And um, you know, so so all people. In, right. you, know, dis, you know, in spite right. of your lifestyle are yes. welcome here. Because to me, that's loving, that's loving someone halfway. Yes. And I think that that's something that the church and, and many churches can continue to um, challenge themselves. Mm -hmm. Because I see a lot of times, whether it's on social media or, or elsewhere in articles, where there will be a church or church members that are supporting, they really truly are, right. in good intentions, the right. LGBTQ community, but, and they've had a journey to get there, right? right. But they, they sort of justify or um, show their support of the community by saying, listen, who are we to judge? Right. Aren't we all sinners? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Aren't we all? Which, and then, which automatically makes you, as a gay person, sinful because you're gay, exactly. not because you've been in some way um, uh, unjust or uh, unfaithful exactly. or some such thing like anyone else, Sure. but just by the fact that you're constitutionally predisposed mm -hmm. to love uh, the yes. same gender person. Yes, yes. because it, we tend to get, um, the community tends to get lumped into a list of, look, you know, yeah. we love the liars and, right. and adulterers and, sure, and you sure. know, that sort of thing. And, and I always say, you know, yes, I have transgressions and sins like anyone else, but being an LGBTQ person is not one of them. Right, right. And I think, because I feel like when that happens, it's a backhanded, 
It's backhanded acceptance, like right. a backhanded compliment. Sure, sure. And that, um, I think, sometimes keeps mm -hmm. uh, the community away right. from churches because they feel like, um, I, don't, I don't want to just be accepted because they're like, we've grown so much, we're going to welcome the sinner. Right, right. You know? Right. Um, well, I, I think the, the, the thing that we're all learning is that uh, there's... Um, hard work to do sometimes to read the scripture honestly and faithfully mm -hmm. and to look in the eyes of your sister or brother who is your friend and neighbor and fellow Christian and, and put those two things together in a way that honors God, that is not unfaithful, yes. um, and, and that realizes that, uh, that, that it may be the things that we've assumed we knew all along have to take a fresh look at, not because we're suddenly modern people, but because this has always been true, not because we're suddenly trying to make something true. Right. Uh, that, that people are created the way they are and uh, then are responsible for who they are uh, before God. So thank you for helping us grow in all of that and for being patient with us and, oh. uh, and encouraging us Thank you the way. for what you did. Sure. Because it, I know it opened so many eyes and was very a very difficult time for the church and still yeah. can be, um, you, you know, but, uh, and a lot of backlash well, happened. Well, it, it, it did and it does. And, um, uh, you know, I think no growth takes place without struggle. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, for those who uh, could not see things the way uh, the majority at Wilshire saw them, uh, they don't see that they have resisted growth. They think we have uh, simply been unfaithful, you know, and right. uh, I, 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 I understand this is something God has to work out for all of us and, 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 and be our judge, but uh, to, to those of us who have been able to experience new life with people like you and Natalie uh, and to be church together, uh, there's a joy and a freshness to our life mm -hmm. now uh, that we just, um, we give thanks to God for. Oh, so do I. And you know I, what I think is important? Um, gay, gay Christians, you know, um, back in, in the 90s when I was yeah. first moving to New York, we didn't have a lot of options right. for churches that we yeah. grew up in. So um, we formed our own, you know, mm -hmm. the community churches or, right. um, you know, we have the, the really big one here in, in, right. in Cathedral Dallas, of Hope. the Cathedral of Hope, right. which is an amazing church. Wonderful people. And there are uh, members of the gay community that want to go to church mm -hmm. with the majority of other members being gay. Yes. And that's incredible. And, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that they have a church like that. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, because it's a personal choice, I always wanted a church that was diverse mm -hmm. in in all aspects, yes. whether it was you know um, you know uh, race or you know sexual orientation mm -hmm. or whatnot, because I never felt different. That mm -hmm. that's the whole key. I mm -hmm. never felt different, and so I wanted to go to a church that that just was that had so many different colors in it, you know? And now we have that because yes. of Wilshire and churches like Rutgers Presbyterian. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think it's a misconception that some people think that uh, gay people want to be treated specially when actually they want to be treated equally. Exactly. Uh, they, they, they want to be acknowledged as being who they are and different in that respect, but um, 
but it seems to me that all my gay friends are asking me to do is to recognize that we're sisters and brothers in Christ and we have unique gifts and ways of looking at the world. Let's enrich one another by our friendship and, and commonality in Christ and serve the Lord together. Yes, exactly. So, and you, you nailed it. Yeah. It's not special rights. It's right. equal rights, right. you know, just, right. just wanting to be treated equal. Well, that has actually driven you to a lot of the work that you do in advocacy, too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk later about, uh, on the next episode, some about your uh, work as an actress and filmmaker and all of that. But I know that you are a passionate advocate. In fact, um, when the border crisis happened, you, you jumped uh, down to the border and made sure that you were there to help uh, with Sister Norma mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and meeting children that had been separated from their families. Uh, but it seems that your experience, if I'm reading you right and understand you well, your experience of feeling somewhat a marginalized person in society mm -hmm. drives you not only to just support LGBTQ rights, but also uh, those who are equally marginalized in society. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the, the immigration, for example, uh, the, the um, separation of the families and children right. uh, just really hit me. Right. And, you, you know, the way I looked at it is it's not a political issue. This shouldn't, this was a human issue that yes. was going on here. And no matter what our differences may be as far as how we protect our borders, yes. uh, that's another conversation. Yes. And um, so I, you know, had the opportunity and, and some, some free time to be able to go down there because, mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I start to feel so passionate about something and if I can act, then it, it, not, it helps me. It helps also heal me through, yes. you know, my frustrations of what was going on. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I have to tell you, I put out the call to the church and to friends and family, and we raised, you know, I think it was over $2,500, $3,500, like, like that, right. and went down there, and the Humanitarian Respite Center mm -hmm. really needed it. Right. Um, so, and it is probably, like you said, from uh, fighting for my own rights um, yes. from a young woman on. You know, there's a beautiful verse uh, in Second Corinthians, the first chapter, where um, Paul is talking about how um, we have been comforted by God in, in, in our distress and then offer the same comfort to others who are going through times of distress mm -hmm. themselves. And it is as if what he's saying is uh, the compassion of God for us strikes us in certain ways that heal us and then it makes us sensitive to people mm -hmm. so that we can offer them the same kind of compassion. This seems to be the, the kind of beautiful um, cycle of compassion and, and love that, and mercy that God has given to us, mm -hmm. and you're beautifully demonstrating that. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I think, uh, um, I think as I've gotten older, you know, I've realized how important that is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as an actress, mm -hmm. it's, it's a selfish business, yeah. and you're on the road a lot, and, uh, you know, um, it's, it's hard to have a lot of free time to do mm -hmm. things like this, but at this point in my life, um, I've decided I really, I really want to spend my time working on projects or, uh, you know, filming projects that mm -hmm. raise awareness that mm -hmm. is more than just a film or a movie right. um, that helps bring a social issue to light. Uh, right. You know. Well, I, I think it's 
It, it's also maybe partly what happens to us at this stage of our lives, too, is, mm -hmm. you, you know, Richard Rohr, the uh, Franciscan priest, talks about how there are sort of two halves of life, and the first, the first half of life tends to be about your sort of building your own career and your mm -hmm. own um, path, uh, but then there's a kind of um, uh, recognition that that's not everything. And, exactly. and, and then the question is, what will you do then? And often it's, it comes from some life crisis, mm -hmm. comes from some epiphany, some awakening. Uh, and uh, and, and we, we really honor that gift of time best when I think we turn then to say, what has all this been about? And how can we, how can we use our lives to serve others? Yes. And then the meaning really starts flooding into us. It so, really does. And yeah. I, I think it's not a coincidence that this part of my life and activism really started to blossom once I was back home. Yes. Isn't ah, that interesting? Beautiful. Yes. You come home. Uh, uh -huh. I, I, I'm, I'm home physically here in Dallas. I see my family and relatives so right. much. I'm back home at Wilshire, yes. and it's just the pieces have all sort of fit. It's come full circle. It's really interesting. Well, it's a great joy to us, Cheryl, to have you back and to uh, get to know you and Natalie together as well and to serve the Lord together. I look forward to uh, another conversation where yes. we'll talk more about your filmmaking and acting and all of that. Thank you for being okay. with us. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Good, good. Good God is created by Dr. George Mason, produced and directed by Jim White. Guest coordination and social media by Upward Strategy Group. Here's grateful appreciation to Evolve Technology for location production facilities. Evolve Technology for home audio, video, and lighting design. Enjoy more, think less with Evolve. See their great work at EvolveDallas.com. Thanks to Wendy Crispin Caterer for guest parking accommodations. Good God, Conversations with George Mason is the podcast devoted to bringing you ideas about God and faith and the common good. All material copyright 2018 by Faith Commons. Good God salutes the vital services provided to our community by the North Texas Food Bank. Each day, the North Texas Food Bank Feeding Network provides access to more than 190,000 meals for hungry children, seniors, and families. Visit ntfb.org to get involved.